The following is a New Ways to Dream podcast. This is John and Robin Boyles of Celebrate Libraries. We are in Onalaska, Wisconsin, speaking with Karen Kroll, Youth Services Coordinator for La Crosse County Library. Karen, thank you for meeting with us today. Please talk about your role as Youth Services Coordinator and the new learning center here at Onalaska Library. I am the Youth Services Coordinator for the La Crosse County Library, and La Crosse County Library is uh, five libraries in the county of La Crosse but outside the city, and so I oversee the youth services for our five locations. Before that, I was a a youth services librarian in Minnesota. Before that, I was a classroom teacher, uh, elementary education, and middle school reading teacher in Minnesota. Um, So yeah, I've been here for 27 years. When I started in 1990, I was the lone youth services librarian for all five locations. So it involved racing from location to location, doing programs and collection, etc. But now we have a great team that we can, uh, you know, put on our program for everyone. We meet we, we plan as a team, we execute everything as a team, so everything we do across the five libraries is the same program overall. We do the same programming, the same um, collection development, the same displays, adapted for that particular location. But it's one program put together by this youth services team and executed in five locations. Why did you why did you choose to become a librarian? Was it always like something out there possibly that you might be interested in as well as teaching or how did that come about? Well, uh, we were in flux moving. My husband um, had been in the Marine Corps as a JAG officer and after he got out, we he got a job in Southwest Minnesota in Redwood Falls and I was pursuing a teaching job and a children's librarian position came up and I knew that this was the job for me. So I did everything I could, the research and the prep um, to impress the heck out of them, which I apparently was successful in doing because it is so perfect for me. I, growing up in Green Bay and the Southwest Branch was the little library closest to my home and I padded down there in bare feet in the summer, which you don't do anymore. And just on a, if not a daily basis, weekly basis, we just, the library was so important. And in fact, you know, when you go back and you have old dreams about your childhood, a lot of mine take place in the library, the Southwest Branch on 9th Street in Green Bay. So yeah, this is so perfect because it's kids, it's books, it's creativity, it's community. It's just an exciting place to be. Love it. Maybe your uh, parents encouraged encouraged your visits to the library? Oh, sure. Um, my mother, you know, there's a little poem about that. I had a mother who read to me, and our mother definitely read to us. And um, it was a huge part of our life. Uh, she told stories. She read stories, and our dad as well. Um, books were all over our house, and and we, we always went to the library, right? What are some of the... Uh challenges and rewards to your current position with the library system? It's a good thing that we do this resource sharing where um, the county provides the business of the library and each local community provides a building and the furniture and its upkeep. Um, And so that's a great resource sharing. You walk a little bit of a political fine line all the time because 
we're a business in their building that they don't control the business, just the building. So there's always a lot of political maneuverings, not political, just just trying to get along, just working things out together. So that's a challenge. Um, but it ends up creating these beautiful libraries and uh, a level of service, for example, at some of our smaller locations, Bangor, Campbell, that they wouldn't maybe able to have on their own because we do this resource sharing as a county business in their smaller locations. So that is a challenging part of the job. A rewarding part of the job is just every day, the, the children and they're so excited and they love you and the parents love you and they love books and um, they, they come back and they say, I remember when I was little and you did this at story time or you gave this book to me to read and now they come back with their children and, and they want their children to have that same experience. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. We have a really big involved summer reading program, as all the libraries do, and we're pretty proud of our program. During the school year, we don't do the big reading program. The kids are all in school involved with their school projects. So we have what we call these mini reading programs, monthly programs. The October one is called Jackal Library. In February, there is one called Library Dog Loves to Read. He's our library mascot. We have a life-size mascot named Library Dog. He's our superhero looking for kids who want to get their pause on a good book. Um, And um, so this is a mini reading program that was first geared for preschoolers, but the school age kids have joined in on it. And it's a great way to to hook kids into coming and using the library. And we do use reading incentives, local coupons from local businesses, like Culver's for this one. And there's some trend in some libraries to move away from that to reduce, they think, the reading experience to, you know, a, a kid's meal at a local restaurant. However, my experience is, is I don't have a captive audience like a school teacher would. Mm-hmm. I have to lure these kids in. And when I have parents who come in here who maybe just came in to use the computers or just pick up a DVD, and I tell them about this and we tell them they can get this free children's meal, which nowadays means a lot to a lot of people, they are suddenly very interested. Oh, how, how do I do this? I read books. I check out books. And, and they become library users because of that. So that incentive, that coupon in itself, is not the end all, the goal, but it's the hook to get them reading. And then when the children come in, and we do ask the children to come in, we interact with them. We talk about the books and, oh, you like this Pete the Cat? I love Pete the Cat too. What's your favorite one? So we're spreading our love of reading to the children so that we take that extrinsic motivator that is a coupon or a trinket or something like that and turn it into an intrinsic motivator, something they internalize which of course is a true motivation for reading. Uh, Extrinsic motivators, carrots, if you just use those, they only last as long as you offer that thing. But if you offer more than that thing, that, that rewarding experience of getting excited about reading, then that's something they internalize and will continue to read because it's they're intrinsically motivated. So that's our goal. Great example, thank you. Oh, that was good. 
So we have an early literacy center in this location, the Onalaska location of our uh, La Crosse County Library. We call it the Grow and Learn Together. And an early literacy center is basically a physical space in the library where you provide uh, interesting experiences, educational play for children and their adults to interact on together. And it is to provide experiences that get them ready to read, basically. It's pre-literacy skills, which means getting them ready to read. So children, to, to read, they have to have a set of skills before they can even start to read. And not all children have that in their home life um, or whether parents are educated or uneducated. Parents don't sometimes know the importance of these daily activities that get them ready to even be thinking about deciphering print. Mm -hmm. So our early literacy center is called the Grow and Learn, and we picked that name, Grow and Learn, together for a couple of reasons. Um, one is that we like the idea of growth and learning, that, that growing is this process. It's not this end goal. You're, 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 you're helping your child grow so that they become readers and successful and happy in life. Mm -hmm. But also because there was a statewide movement in Wisconsin to establish these early literacy centers that we had some support for in the form of workshops and speakers that was called Growing Wisconsin Readers, and we liked that. And also because in this location, right outside of our literacy center, we have a family reading garden that we at the library had designed and worked with our friends group, um, as well as a, a local artist, Mike Martino, who created the sculpture out there, um, to create this special space outside for people. And, there's the, and it's maintained by the Master Gardeners group in our area. They keep up with the flowers and everything. So here we have this theme with growth and, and flowers and the tree in our center. And right outside the windows, we have our beautiful um, family reading garden as well. It, we have, if you look in the Early Literacy Center, we also have clouds hanging overhead, mm -hmm. and each cloud has a word on it, which we are uh, touting the five tenets of early literacy that we're espousing, which are read, write, sing, talk, play. And those are things that children need to do to get ready to learn to read. So reading is obvious. The more you read to children, the more exposed they are to books, the more quickly, more quickly they'll pick it up. But also we have words, uh, labels in there. The pots and pans, where do they go? There's a word, pots and pans. There's a picture of pots and pans. They start to identify all the labels we have in there. Uh, writing, we have activities like um, children can write to Hickory, the Storytime Mouse, who they are familiar with. He has a little hidey hole down at the bottom of the kitchen wall, and they can write him a little letter, and they put it in his little mouse hole, and they do get answers, and the, he writes back to them, and the answers are posted out on the wall, some of them. Hickory was on vacation last week, and he has a little bit of catching up to do to, to respond to the latest letters. Uh, sing. Um, we have a uh, area where they can listen to music and sing along with rhymes. And singing is important because it slows language down. So if you think of the song, The Itsy Bitsy Spider, for example, The Itsy Bitsy Spider. Well, we don't talk that slowly, but we sing more slowly so they can hear the words and process it. Um, 
Play is what children do. That's how they learn about their environment. It's their job. They get up every morning and they go out and they do their job and that's playing. And so playing is how they figure out how the world works. So read, write, sing, talk, play, talk. Uh, parents don't always realize, I don't know if I realize as a parent how important it is to talk to your children throughout the day. What shall we have for breakfast this morning? Shall we have eggs? Oh, here's some eggs. Where do the eggs come from? What kind of animal is that? You just go on and on talking to them and developing that vocabulary um, is so important to becoming a reader. So. Read, write, sing, talk, play, that's what we do. And we have all sorts of activities in there that we change out. Some change out monthly. Like there's a flannel board story right now of Pete the Cat that they can do and another science activity. But next month, that'll be something else. Uh, we have a market out there that another uh, time might be um, a geography activity or a science activity. But we have the market right now with the kitchen and we have a garden so it's all tied together in that they can plant the vegetables in the garden, they can sell them in the market, they can prepare them in the kitchen, they can eat them in the dining area, or they can have it be a cafe. We have little, we have little menus that they can create and they can order their food. So that all ties together. We have lots of activities in there um, that you can take a look at. But we have the, the trellis, the garden trellis with displays of books about children and growing and behavior and learning. We have the read to me bench that adults can sit on with their child and they can read together. Um, we have um, the train table right now that converts into a Duplo table so they can construct and build. We have a costume center that changes the costumes out so they can engrave, engage in creative and dramatic play. Lots of activities and these um, this center the funding for it came from the Sias Library Trust Fund. And the Sias family is a family that goes way back here in Onalaska. And Floyd Sias, who is a woman, um, decided that libraries and education and learning were where she wanted her money to go. And so she bequeathed all this money for that purpose to the library. And that's why we were able to fund this special space, the Sias Library Trust Fund. Thank you. What do you read for pleasure? Typically in fiction, I drift towards historical fiction as well as science fiction um, and some fantasy, I guess, because those are books about other times and other places. And I just, even, even historical fiction, it's something else other than, you know, the daily world around me. So how do you consume that? Are you print reader, audio, audio in the car on the way to work, uh, e-readers? How do you... I am a I am a print reader mostly. I don't have the best listening skills I have found in the world. So I'm a print reader and um, mostly I like books. I like the tactile nature of a print uh, paper book. But I do have books that I read on a device as well, certain things. My husband and I are getting ready for a trip to Cuba in January. So I'm reading about all the politics and the history of Cuba on my device, for example. And I just got done reading a a play uh, about Cuba, um, suggested things to, to prepare myself for this trip that we're taking. So um, I also read a large amount of 
children's and teen literature, it's good stuff, especially the award-winning stuff if you've ever tried it. If it won an award, and out of all the thousands and thousands and thousands of books published every year, that means it's pretty gosh darn good. And they're just riveting, some of these wonderful books. Do you have favorite um, children's book writers and authors and illustrators that you would recommend? Um, my favorite children's book authors and illustrators, there's just so many these days. Let me just see if I can pinpoint a couple of them. I really like the books of Donna Jo Napoli as a teen author. She writes about historical fiction about other times and other places. And she also has a lot of these uh, where they take a fairy tale and to turn it into a full-length novel. Um, I um, also enjoy the Gary Paulson books, the, the survival books for boys. Um, he's got a lot of different subjects there. I know Pete the Cat is a trendy guy, but he has a great message if you're familiar with Pete the Cat. Pete the Cat, just if things go wrong and um, things don't, and things that might make someone unhappy, they say, does Pete cry? Goodness, no. He just keeps rocking along and singing his song. And so I think that he just such a good lesson and it is so entertaining. So the Pete the Cat books are wonderful. Good. Karen, thank you very much for taking the time today and speaking with us. This has been John and Robin Voyles of Celebrate Libraries with a New Ways to Dream podcast.